Yeah. Gonna take a seat. That is good. That is good. Yeah, that's where it begins. I remember when I was a really new Christian coming to church for the first time, and we sang a song with similar lyrics, and it was, it was hard to understand what that was about. It only took me about 30 years, and now I'm like, oh, yes, that's what it means. So if it, you don't know what that means yet, if it's still like, hmm, I don't know if I can really, what's it like to sing that? You'll get there. It takes time. God is growing us into what he's done for us. We were, uh, last weekend, I was out, uh, and hopefully somebody noticed, and <laughs> Natalie did an awesome job, and um, we were at Baylor, went to visit our son, Levi, he's a freshman in college there, and uh, we, it was actually Becky's birthday gift, and uh, she wanted to go see a Baylor football game. I was like, yep, I'm, a, I'm up for that, that sounds like fun, and the best kind of gift, right? And... Um, so we went, and it turns out that was homecoming weekend. We didn't know that uh, until we planned it. And then we're like, oh, there's a lot of extra fun things going on. And it was a super fun weekend. Um, but the very, very best thing about it was coming away feeling like, man, Levi's doing well. That kid, with all his ups and downs, all of our kids, ups and downs. But with all those ups and downs, man, he's just doing well. He's building some good friendships. He, he's in a place that... He seems to be thriving, and uh, that's what we want. That's what we want for our kids, right? That's what we pray for, parents, right? That, that is the thing. When we see that, it gives us such great joy. You know, it's the sacrifices, the time, the energy. And, uh, and when they're struggling, when it's a period of struggling, it's really hard. It takes a toll, you know, it, it anguish. And I was thinking, well, you know, that's exactly how God, our loving Father, feels about us. And when we take those good steps, when we have those, our loving Father, yes, good, go, do it. It gives him joy. And when we're struggling, it creates anguish for him. We see this in the Old Testament. We see this through Scripture. We get that from God. God is like this. Like a loving parent, God wants us to grow, to become more fully developed, uh, to mature, to become all that we were created to be, to realize our full potential. That brings him joy. That, that's good for us. It's good for him. It's good for, good for all people around us. Now, this growing in Christ, this maturing thing, this uh, reaching your potential in God, that is a main theme in a letter we're going to look at for the next three weeks, uh, Colossians. And uh, it's, we see that Paul, through this letter, it has been working hard, moving to help these disciples in Colossae, way back, first century, grow in Christ, mature in him. And then you pull that back a little bit, a layer, and what we see is that God, who inspires Paul, who fills Paul, he's the one that is making this happen. He wants those disciples back then to grow in him, to become fully developed, to bear good fruit, and he wants that in us today. So we observe this first in Colossians 1.28, so let's go there. This is in your Bible. It's up here. It's in your bulletin. Colossians 1.28. Listen to this passage. He, Christ, is the one we proclaim. He's the one. We admonishing and worship, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, here it is, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. 
That's the aim. That's the target. That's where God is working in the world to bring us to that point. To this end, I strenuously contend. That's like a fighting, that's an athletic word. With all the energy, Christ so powerfully works in me. Christ working in Paul to bring these disciples to maturity. God working in us to bring us to maturity. God's still working through these words that Paul is writing to the Colossians to bring disciples, not just in Colossae, but here, everywhere around the world, to become fully mature in Christ. Fully mature. Now, what, what do you think of when you hear that word mature? Oh, they're so mature. <laughs> old. Yeah, that's what Becky said. I, it's like old. It's not like, oh, awe-inspiring. Mature. Anybody else think of anything else? Gray hair, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that happens. Okay, so let's look at what the word means in the original here. So it's teleos or teleos. It's, uh, it, that word means that telos is the, the reason for something, the reason something was created. So God creates things with a design, and when they, re- when they, uh, come into the fullness of what they were created to be, they are in their telos. That's their telos. It's, it talks about our purpose and meaning. So to be mature, these are words that uh, we, we get associated with this in Scripture. Perfect. Be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. That means fully mature. It means fully grown, fully developed. Realizing your full de- potential. Realizing your full God-given design. All right, complete full grown, fully developed. It's the same word that God describes uh, the new heaven and new earth, right? So God's working in the world. He's bringing this wreck into something great, into its full design, into its telos, into the new heaven and new earth. That's where he's working things. He's doing the same thing in you and me. Philippians 1, 6, God who began a good work in you, will bring it to completion, will bring it to tell us, will bring it to its fullness at the day of Christ. It's the destination, all right? God is at work. He's determined to help you mature, become fully developed, become a full image bearer of God, displaying the good things of God in your life, embodying them more and more, more Christ-like characteristics, or the things that he is. So let's go into again. That's, that's God's aim. And he does it. What, what are some ways that he matures us, grows us up? What, what are the tools he uses? What's that? Trials. Trials, absolutely. He lets you go into pressured situations. Right? If you want to build, if you want to grow, you're going to be stretched. Right? We don't always like that. What other tools does he use? Other people, yeah, fellowship, other Christians, other people, you know, sometimes they're the trial, <laughs> and sometimes they're the encouragement helping us get through. Yeah. All right, one more answer. What else does he use? Tribulations, tribulations. yeah, tribulations, trials, yeah, man, you guys had a rough week. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, he allows it. He allows it for a purpose. He's in control, and he allows these things to hit us, to grow us. All right, come on, give me one more. Sickness. Sickness. It's the same thing, you guys. Trials, tribulation. You're supposed to say God's word. 
All right. No, these were good. These were good. We're going to circle back on those, all those things. But somebody said God's word. All right, so let's go back into God's word. <laughs> Colossians 1. I know somebody was thinking it here, right? All right, Colossians 1. Here we go. Back into it. Uh, Paul continues to write. We're circling back. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. You've put your trust in him. You, you have put your confidence in him. And of the love you have for all God's people. That's a good thing. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, as it is in you, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world. Paul's seeing this happen all around the Roman Empire. This thing's spreading, it's growing. Since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. When God takes hold, when he's active, there is growth. All right, so why is Paul and his team so thankful? What are they thankful for? What are they seeing? Growth. Yeah, faith, love, evidence of growth in Christ. They're seeing God's transforming work happen. And they're excited about it. They're fired up about it. All right, this is... This is what Jesus said would happen, right? John 12, 24, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. What, who, what is the kernel of wheat that falls and dies? It's Jesus. It fell, it died. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, all this life is coming that loving blood shed for you and me, this life is coming. That kernel of seed has fallen and died, and now many seeds are being produced. It's like the sower and the seed, right? The seed is God's word. It's going out, and when it lands on good soil, it multiplies, it grows, it bears fruit, a harvest, right? 30, 60, 100-fold. All right, so bring it to us this week. Maybe this month. Let's, let's give us a little more time here. What's God doing in your life? Are you in a period of low growth? Stagnation? A little bit of growth? High growth? Kind of where are you? What's God doing in you? Now, sometimes you don't see it, right? God's always at work. This is his aim. This is his goal. Right? He's going to make it happen. He's going to bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. All right? He's doing it. And there's seasons where we're seeing it. Like, yeah, man, I had victory there. I, I, I responded to that situation better than I did you know, a year ago. It's slow growth. But this makes me think, okay, Lord, am I growing? Where, where am I not growing that you're trying to bring growth, but I'm just maybe resisting that growth? He wants to do things in your life, produce growth. Sometimes I let it get choked out. His word, the work that he wants to do with the other things going on in lives, man. That's number one, I think, hassle and hindrance for all of us here, is other things going on, taking our heart, soul, mind, attention. We get off track. Um, that's big. Another one is sometimes my heart is just hard. I don't want to do that, God. Yeah, 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 no. <laughs> Resisting but God's working. God keeps nudging, pushing. Sometimes he shoves. Sometimes he's just, he's patient. God wants to make growth in you. 
Sometimes that word just gets snatched away. All right, so let's, let's keep going here. Let's look at his word. Let's see how he's working this. Verse 9, for this reason, you know, your faith, your love, your hope, we're super excited about that. We're thankful for that. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. He's, he's excited about what he sees, and we're excited about what we see in Levi's life right now, but we are not going to stop praying for him, right? There's a lot of snares out there in life. Um, we have not stopped praying for you. And I'm reading that sentence, and I have a full stop. I'm like, we have not stopped praying for what? For you. I'm like, wait, what do I pray for? What are the things I pray for? And honestly, a lot of it has to do with me. I start there, and that's okay, right? Like, Lord, give us a smooth trip. I pray everything works out smoothly. I, like, pray for no trials or tribulations, right? No sickness. You know, I like a smooth road, and I pray for that. I ask for that a lot. You never see that kind of prayer in Scripture. It's weird. I'm thinking about through the prayers in the New Testament, at least that's as far as I got, and they're, they're about this deeper stuff, this harder stuff. And now listen, Jesus says to you, ask, seek, knock. So when in doubt, ask. I am a shameless asker. I will ask for ridiculous things that I won't even tell you about. Because hey, God of the universe, why not? He loves me, he's our loving father. So, so do that, but there's also this other layer that I want to look at, okay? He, he prays for them for something. They've, he's not stopped praying for them. Let's look at what he's going to pray for them. Here it is. We continually ask God. So it's a repeated thing. It's important, right? We continually ask God to, to do something, to fill you, fill you with the knowledge of his will. Continually asking God to fill you, fill those disciples back then, fill us today. God wants this. God inspired this prayer that Paul's speaking. This is what God wants you. God wants you to be filled with the knowledge of his will. Okay, we're going to come back to it. That's the big headline. Through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. So that's kind of how that, um, the knowledge of his will comes. So that, okay. If you, you're filled with the knowledge of his will, something's going to happen. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. All right, there's a lot there. Let's unpack that. Let's go back to that main thing, though. Here's, here's a key point. We heard it. Now that you are in Christ, he's brought you in, transferred into his kingdom through the blood of Christ. Now that you're in Christ, what does God want to see happen in you? First fill in, number one, God wants you to know his will. His will is super important. His will means what he wants, what he desires, what he sees and has planned for you. He wants you to be filled with the knowledge of his will. It goes back to that prayer that Jesus gave his disciples. Father, your 
kingdom come. Your will be done. Your will be done. All right? What you want, what you desire, what you, ins- what you see and say is best. All right, and then we just, we, we pull back the history of humanity. Where did things go wrong? Early on, long time ago, did we do his will in the garden? No. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or you will die. You got the tree of knowledge, you got the tree of life right here, you got everything you need. So it breaks down in what we do with God's will. They knew God's will. We know a lot of what God wants. It's laid out for us in his word. What do we do with it? So the result of that was catastrophic. You know the, old, the little catastrophes in your own life when we go against God's will. Um, but th- God doesn't give up. God does not give up on you. He's fully in on you. Man, the blood of Jesus. You ever, you ever doubt God's commitment to you? Blood of Jesus. His love for you? Blood of Jesus. God didn't give up. He knows what humanity needs to get back on track. It is coming to that place where we're willing and ready to do his will. To be like Jesus. Not my will, Father, but yours be done. Jesus lived this out fully. He's the fully, he is the one true image bearer of God. He displays him completely. To see Jesus is to see God. And his will was lock, stock, in step. Is that a phrase? With the Father. (laughs) Right? I do what the Father tells me to do. I say what the Father tells me to say. Man, and look at the fruit he's bearing. Talk about a fully mature, fully developed human. All right? God is working that same thing in you and me. We got ways to go, but that's the direction. God wants you and me to grow into this, to come to this place, this statement, this is your next fill-in, where we're able to say, where we, you know, maybe even wrestle to say this, but here it is, I want to know and do God's will. It's not just enough to know it. Hey, I knew it. No, I want to know and do God's will because it is the very best thing for me and others. That reflects a strong trust. In other words, faith in God and who he is and his goodness. Right? I want to, I want to know your will, Father. And I want to do it because I believe, I'm trusting here, That's the very best thing for me and for others. Even if I can't see exactly how that's going to play out according to my own analysis, I'm going to trust that. That's where God wants to lead you and me, help us come into that maturity, that place. All right. Now, that's easy when my will and God's will line up. Challenge is when they don't, okay? Is that something that you've ever prayed for yourself? to be filled with the knowledge of God's will. I've never prayed that prayer. I mean, I've asked for God's help, for his guidance in situations, for sure. But to be filled, kind of in an ongoing way, like just living my life that way, where I know and I'm doing his will more and more, kind of like Jesus did. That's where God wants to take us. 
That's the offer. That's the opportunity. Okay, now let's see where this will lead if we do that. All right, going back to the text. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. See, God wants you to know and do his will so that, for a purpose, so that you will be living a life worthy of and pleasing to Jesus. That's a fully matured life. That's you in your telos, what you were created to be. That's, what, that's the headline. This is what it means to be maturing. Next fill in. Becoming complete. Okay, so when you're learning to know and do God's will, you're living a life that's worthy of his calling, that pleases the Lord. All right, still, I want some more detail. What does that kind of life look like? Why why get in on that? All right, next thing, midway through verse 10, bearing fruit in every good work, right? So, Bearing fruit in every good work, this is where God wants to bring you. This is a life that is pleasing to the Lord, that is worthy of the Lord, is a mature life. When you know and do God's will more and more, you will be next fill in. You are doing genuinely good works that bear good lasting fruit. Genuinely good works. Not good in the eyes of your boss, your spouse, your culture, your world. Good in God's eyes. Genuinely good works. He alone knows what's good because he alone is good. Right? So God wants to bring you into those genuinely good works. Because they will bear good, lasting fruit. They will have good, lasting impact in the world. In your life, in the world, in the lives of those you love. That's what God's bringing us into. That's what a mature life looks like versus being fruitless or ineffective, right? Barren, doing empty, vain works that don't last. How much time have I wasted in vain, empty works that will not last? Wow, a lot of energy. There's satisfaction in coming when you, when you do a little good work. And you know it. It was a hard little decision of choosing God's will over your will. You did it, and you saw something good. And maybe you didn't see it right away. That's the trick sometimes. You don't see it right away, but three months, six months, a year, three years down the road, you're like, ah, bearing fruit. It comes. Do we trust it? Do we want it? All right, when you're in this process of becoming complete, growing in God, learning to know and do God's will. You are bearing fruit in every good work, and you are growing in the knowledge of God. Growing in the knowledge of God. That doesn't mean, hey, I know a lot of facts about God. You know, compiling the list. Quiz me. No, that's relational knowledge. When you are knowing and doing God's will, it brings you closer into relationship with God. You are, next fill, and you are enjoying close, I'll say closer because it's a process, closer friendship, friendship with God. The avenue there is knowing and doing God's will. It brings you into closer friendship with God. 
I've had a lot of good friends through my life. Uh, Becky's one of my best friends now. And, you know, she's great. But, dude, God, you know, she's got her rough edges once in a while. <laughs> God wants to be our friend, our close friend, our close companion. Like, a, like an awesome, tight parent-kid relationship. God is the perfect friend, always with you. How many friends of yours bail, right? Sorry, change of plans. Always present, always available. God is like this. God will not leave you or forsake you. Middle school, anybody? High school, too, can be kind of rough. right? How many friends bailed on you, betrayed you, talked behind your back? God will not do that. God is the best friend. He won't gossip behind your back. He always falls through. He will lay down his life for you. Oh, wait, he already did. He is powerful. He's a powerful friend. He is like astronomically smart and wise. He is your wise counselor. What's the best way to go here? I don't know. Maybe I'll ask so-and-so. No, just ask God. He will tell you the way that is ethically good and right. He will tell you the way that is going to bring you into goodness, that's going to grow you. Whatever he tells you to do is the best. His counsel is perfect. He'll lead you in the right direction, and then better yet, he goes with you. He goes with you. God wants to bring you into closer friendship with him. Daily, ongoing, growing in that. And there's more. When you know and you are doing God's will, you'll be fruitful, growing in the knowledge of God, and you're going to be strengthened. Let's go. Strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. God wants to grow you into a person that has great endurance and patience who sticks it through, sticks at it, doesn't bail when things get hard. He wants you to be a grinder, to, to stick in, to stay in, to keep at it, keep at those good things, and to be patient. And I like being around patient people. I can be impatient, kind of a baby sometimes. God wants to grow me into a patient person with great endurance in relationships, in hardship. I tell you, the one example that came to me for this is being pastor of this church. This is the, this is the longest job I've ever had. <laughs> this, is, this is the job that I've had in the longest stretch uh, in one place. It's 11 years. I mean, maybe that's not very impressive. But before that, I've got all these like two-year, one-year, two-year, three, four-year was the, the longest. And it's taken some endurance. But that's where God's led me. And I think he's strengthened me in being for the work of God, for uh, patience with people. i got a long way to go, man. I feel like I'm just kind of like, come on, man, work on that. But it, it comes. It's slow. It's slow growth. But it comes. This is what God wants to make us into. People of great endurance and patience. Man, you're going to need that if you're going to build anything that lasts. Marriage friendship, um, a lot of things, right? Okay. So, there's one more thing he wants to grow us into. 
we got great endurance, we got patience, and then verse 12, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. A mature and growing person in Christ is joyfully thankful. What's the opposite of joyfully thankful? Grumpily bitter? Resentful, yeah. yeah. What? Angry. Angry, yeah. Cynical, skeptical. Yeah. Joyfully thankful to God. You know, it's so easy to think about what we don't have, where, where we're not measuring up, where, um, you know, we're not like so-and-so. Ah, I should be further along. Man, be thankful for what you have. Be joyfully thankful. And really about what? What's the thing that we, whatever is happening in this world, whatever your circumstances, that we can always be joyfully thankful for? The Father has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Oh, you've been saved. You've been transferred from the dominion of darkness, death, separation from God, brought into his kingdom, the kingdom of his son, who he loves, under his rule and reign, under the rule and reign of God into the household of God where you are his beloved son, his beloved daughter. That's the thing that lasts. That's the biggest gift. Let's not forget to be joyfully thankful for that. Whatever comes this week, whatever circumstances, that's the big rock that God has given you and nobody can take that away from you and it's going to last forever. And we're just coming in, like, we're going to come into the fullness of that. It's yours. It's mine. I want to be a joyfully thankful person. Not a grumpy, irritable, ungrateful person. Help me grow in that, Lord. Help us grow in that, Lord. All right. Let's capture all those things. Number five, fill in. You are becoming a, a person who's growing and maturing in Christ is a person that is becoming stronger, better able to endure difficulties more patient and grateful to God. And then full circle, let's go back. This all hinges on what? You knowing and doing God's will. You being filled with the knowledge of God's will. That's why we pray for it again and again and again. Let's start praying for ourselves on that again and again and again. For those we loved they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will, his good, perfect, life-giving, growing-us-up will. Knowing doing God's will, like Jesus, right? Like Jesus. Now, how do we know and do God's will? Actually, let me, let me hit those quotes by Jesus, just to, like, man. John 6.38. Jesus said, I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. Not just an example, but he lived it out. John 4.34, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. My food, my sustenance, the thing I crave and need to live, the thing I need every day is to do the will of God. That's a fully formed image bearer of God. That is a full human right there. That's a true human. Lead me there, Lord. Strengthen that desire. 
All right, so how do we do that? How do we, how do we know and do God's will? How can we get into that more? Three things here. Number one, stay close to God. Stay close to God, right? That seems obvious, but stay close to God because you will drift. Our tendency is to drift and get close with other things. Stay close to God through His Word. Get His Word. Listen to Him. Listen to what He's saying to you and me through His Word. Through His Word, through prayer, through talking to Him. Not just talking at Him, but talking to and listening to God. His Word, His prayer, His fellowship. Nothing new there. Right? This, is, this is what the church has been doing from the beginning. These are the practices. These are the things, not just that, hey, i got to do it to put a check off, but to bring you into close relationship with God. It's how God um, reveals himself. It's, God, it's how we draw close to God. It's the means by which we grow in close friendship with God. These practices, his word. He, he's revealed so much of his will in his word. So much of it is there. Oh, I just don't know God's will. So much of it is already spoken and laid out for us in his will. Sometimes we don't like it. That's the thing. I don't know if he really said anything about that. Yes, he did. Get in his word. Right? Get in his word. How do you know anybody? It's by listening to them. Listening to their words. Same with God. By prayer. Drawing close. This week, man, I, can, I, can, I told you this before, this is one of those practices that just gets put to the sidelines so quickly. Talking to, being with, drawing close to God. Why wouldn't I do that? He's so amazing. He's awesome. I spend my time so many other things more easily. Waste it, you know. All right, prayer, fellowship, being together with others who are in Christ, who are trying to do the same. It's important. All right, so get in this stuff regularly. Um, okay, no, no earth shakers there. How else do we know and do God's will grow in that? Number two, when God's will and your feelings or preferences or schedule or plan or your brilliant analysis of the situation, when God's will and your feelings are in conflict, and they will be, choose. It's a choice. Choose to go with God. Choose it. Activate your will. Exercise that dominion and make that good choice. It's a choice. It's not going to happen easily all the time. When they conflict, trust God. Go with it. How much time have we wasted going our own way? Gone that cul-de-sac. Woo! Back again. God's will hasn't changed. I'm going to try this cul-de-sac again, Lord. Woo! Choose his will when they conflict. For me, I, just, I feel like I have to be vigilant and alert to that through my day. It's so easy to let that slip and just go with my feelings, my preferences, my analysis. Go solo. God is bringing us into close, tight relationship with him. That will help us know and do his will. Okay, and this last one, number three. Rubber hits the road on this one a lot. Be humble. This is how you're going to know and do God's will. Be humble. Man, I, my way might not just be best. I'm going to trust God here. Be humble. I'm going to listen. I'm going to go back and listen to God again on this. Be humble and willing to suffer. 
willing to suffer, confident of his reward. Sometimes the way of God's will looks like suffering. Sometimes it involves suffering, a sacrifice, discomfort, hardship, giving something up. And you don't really, can't really quantify the, the payoff yet. So that's why you got to do that last thing, confident of his reward. It'll pay off. It'll be better. I don't know how I can't see it, but God's will is leading me down this path. That means a sacrifice. It means some suffering. It means doing something I don't want to do. I'm just going to trust his word. I'm going to trust and be confident that he will reward me. It's going to be worth it. I may not see this side of heaven, but it'll come. He's good for it. This is where we get stuck. This is where I fizzle out right? Rah, rah, let's do God's will, yeah. And then, oh, wait, you got to be humble. you got to be willing to suffer. Like Jesus, who for the joy set before him, that great reward, endured the cross. Scorning and shame. He didn't want to go to the cross. He didn't feel like going to the cross. Father, if it's possible, take this cup. But not my will, but yours be done. He's walked the path. He's shown it to us. He's blazed it for us. Now let's get in behind him and walk that out as well. And he's with us in it. I'll be with you in that suffering. Don't worry. It'll pay off. Let's stand and pray and just hear this prayer. Hear this prayer for ourselves again. We're just going to go through it one more time. Listen to this prayer for you. We, and the we here is that, that great cloud of witnesses that have run the race before us. They got to the finish line. That's the we. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you've already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. So now, looking ahead, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you might have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. We love you, Lord. We thank you for beginning that work in us, God. We ask that you would help us see you bring it closer to completion today, this week, this month, Lord God. Help us be quick to seek Strengthen us in that, Lord God. We love you. We thank you for your commitment to us. Amen.